Hi, this is PJ Eby here with Josh Kaufman of PersonalMBA.com. Josh is someone that I've known and worked with for a few years now through the Owner Circle, my self-improvement group. And Josh is here with us today to talk about what it means or what it consists of to be a naturally successful person because Josh is one of those people that I've been talking about who do things easily and with lots of motivation and with a very positive outlook who are always puzzled by why other people don't seem to have the same type of drive and motivation. Hi there, Josh. Hi, PJ. How are you? Good, good, good. So I hope you don't mind me talking about you like that. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's very flattering, but uh, happy to help in any way that I can. <laughs> All right. So, Josh, what could you tell us a little bit about um, what you're currently doing with the the personal MBA and what that is? Sure. the The personal MBA is is really a the easiest way to explain it is it's a, a do it yourself approach to business education. So, so many people in the world, you know, want to start their own business or want to improve their career or want to improve their business skills, but don't want to take the time and effort to to go through you know, a, a very long and expensive business school program. So what I created with the personal MBA is essentially a way for people to educate themselves about business, learn, learn how to build a business, learn how to improve their career, uh, but do it on their own time and on their own schedule and with a lot less cost. So it was a, a project that I started a number of years ago as I was going through a, a similar decision process myself and uh, essentially, it's it's based around a curriculum of books that that I um, I created for myself, and so many people around the world have have found it useful that I now have a, a website, Personal MBA, that's devoted to uh, to discussing business education topics, and I'm also developing uh, several uh, courses and trainings and membership programs that will really create a community of of people who are really interested in in uh, building their own business and, and doing it in a way that supports the life that they want to create for themselves instead of just doing what, what everybody else is doing. So it's, it's been a remarkably rewarding project over the, the past almost four years now, and uh, it's just growing bigger every day. So, Josh, back when we first met or first started uh, talking, since we haven't actually met in person yet, but um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, but back then when you uh, when when we first started talking, you had not actually created a business around this. This was something that you were just thinking about doing that you wanted to do, but you hadn't really jumped in and started, you know, or really committed to. Um, creating a business out of it. This was just an idea for you. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. You know, it's, I, I had developed the, you know, call it curriculum parts, the, the recommended reading list. Um, but I had I'd really just built a website that was, you know, me publishing these ideas to the world. But I really hadn't taken the time and energy to, to build it out as, as a business. And you know, one of the reasons for that is, is I was working a, a very demanding and very stressful full-time job that, that really prevented me from doing those things. And so part of you know, the, the, the work that I was originally doing with you, PJ, is, is really moving myself to a place where I can focus on this project, which really is more important to me, and you know, really coming to terms with you know, do, uh, a career in this you know, very big company was was not what I aspired to. 
So, you know, changing my thoughts about what having a good career meant and really repositioning myself in terms of, of my thinking and my energy more towards building this out as a business was, was the reason that I joined the ownership to begin with. Right. And so since then, you've started, focused, and finished quite a lot, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, every, every single week, the, uh, the personal MBA as, as a program, as a business, is, is, keeps getting better and better and better. And a lot of that is you know, really coming up with, with ways to help people educate themselves more effectively and making it a project and getting it done. And we've been doing that for um, a little over – in terms of active business development, about two years now, and everything's going great. Terrific. So I have a question for you, because um, one of the things that I talk about in a lot of my writing is how there's often a communication gap between naturally successful people and naturally struggling people, because we really don't, in a, in a, when it comes to motivation and getting things done, we really don't speak the same language necessarily. And I'm curious whether you've experienced that in your own business as far as any challenges, you know, because I understand that you do coaching sure. uh, for people. Ha have you ever had any experiences where you were trying to communicate with someone about something that they needed to do in order to be successful, but there was this disconnect because you weren't really speaking the same language? Right. Yeah. You know, for, for most of the people that I, I coach on, on a, a weekly basis, um, a lot of them, I, I, I think, would, would fall into your naturally successful category. So, you know, they have something that they, they want to do. They just want to figure out a way to do it. I think a lot of them, you know, on, on the less naturally successful camp, um, have blocks or, or limiting beliefs in, in terms of what they can or can't do. So, you know, what, uh, I, I, I have um, one gentleman that, that I work with fantastically, fantastically creative guy um, who's, he's actually a, a screenwriter, but was having a really big mental block in terms of, well, I'm an artist. I don't do business things. Or, you know, that's something I find really difficult. That's not something that comes naturally to me. Or I have a really hard time charging money for what I do. And so, you know, it's, it, it's really fascinating to, to see as a coach the ways that people – hold themselves back because, you know, it, having that limiting belief or, or having that mental barrier on, on what you can or can't do or what is or is not you really holds people back in a, in a lot of very profound ways. So one of the things that, you know, as I've been coaching for about a year now, and one of the things that, that really um, in, impresses me about what you teach, PJ, and, and what, what I'm taking in and, again, passing on to my clients is really being able to identify <laughs> that there is a block there and then put together a couple strategies that make it very apparent that the block is artificial and it's a block that can be removed or worked around in, in a way that will actually allow them to do something that's tremendously important to them. So in, in the instance of our, uh, the, the screenwriter that, that I'm working with, you know, this, this has been a, a process that, that we've been working on for, for quite a while now, and it's just gotten to the point where he has launched you know, three websites in, in less than a month. And it, it's, it's partially due to this process of removing the barriers and what you can or cannot think that you, you can do. 
It's interesting. Uh, I want to point something out to our readers, our listeners, rather. <laughs> the uh, if you notice, if you listen to something that that Josh was saying there, and this is very common, and I don't want to pick on you too much, Josh, but this is a common pattern that we find in self-help literature and coaching and all of these other type of things, where you notice that Josh said that that people who have these beliefs are holding themselves back. And the language that you used was one of responsibility. I mean, in the sense that it's almost as if the person is purposefully holding sure. Them, sure. themselves back. And I, I'm curious about that because I'd, I'd like to sort of see on the inside of a naturally successful person's brain what they're thinking that causes them to use that, uh, that to choose that particular language. And I'm wondering if that's because, in your mind, that's sort of the way that you see it because you can't conceive of of any other way that it would be like that besides sort of doing it to yourself. Does it, that make sense? Yeah, I, I think it's probably, I, I could do a before and after. I think before going through the programs that, that you offer and, and, you know, participating as a member of the owner circle, I probably would have phrased it that way, or I probably would have thought of it in those terms. I think now it's, it's definitely more in, in terms of sometimes people really, I, I, the, the, the blocks that we deal with or on, on a, a daily basis are very real. And so I, it, it's not necessarily a, a matter of a person consciously holding themselves back. It's it, when in the heat of the moment, you really do believe that you can't do something. And I, I think the, the value of, you know, working, working with a coach, you know, whether, whether it's me, whether it's PJ, whether it's someone else is having someone to question those assumptions and, and point out that, the assumptions that, that they're making don't aren't, aren't necessarily based in reality or aren't necessarily based in fact. Sure, sure. And I'm going to pick on you again here, Josh, because you just illustrated for me another point that I want to make <laughs> about now, how naturally successful people think. Right. One of the, one of so the characteristics... <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the characteristics of naturally successful people is that it's very very difficult to get them to stay focused on problems for any length of time. You'll notice that Josh basically took my effort to point him at a problem that is the problem that you know that people feel like they don't have control over themselves or their their lives and he very quickly refocused to where he started talking about what we could do to help them and how we could make the world a better place and all of this sort of thing. <laughs> um, because, yeah, because that's the way his mind works. And the thing is, is that unfortunately, and of, of course Josh is, is very, very aware of this because he's been, been, uh, you know, going through my self-improvement program for so long now and, and, and sort of, uh, realizes a little bit better how to deal with this, but a lot of self-help gurus who are of the naturally successful mindset, what that leads to them doing is is that they they really do sort of think, well, you should just suck it up, you know, have some willpower, you know, commit to taking action, right. and like that's really going to make a difference. And like you said, Josh, I'm assuming that before before you learned a lot of what you've been learning in my in my programs, uh, that was kind of the way you thought about it. Sure. It was you know, both with, I think, myself and with other people. You know, if, if something wasn't naturally, it wasn't going well in my own life, it's like, well, I just need to buck up and do it. 
or, you know, with, with someone else, it's, well, you know, what's the problem? Or, you know, this, what's, what's holding them back? Because it, it, looks, it, it appears to be completely artificial. Right. Obviously, they don't want it bad enough. Right. They must right. not. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you get all these gurus saying, "Well, you know, you need to build up desire, and you need to associate massive pain to whatever you're doing now, and all this kind of thing." Because sure. in the naturally successful mindset, those things actually that those things actually have a lot better chance of of working uh, than if you're not in the naturally successful mindset. So yeah, so that that's just so this is one of the of the um, the principles of naturally successful thinking that I want to bring to everyone's attention, which is that, um, you know, it, it's almost like the whole Mars and Venus thing in the sense that naturally successful people and naturally struggling pe struggling people have such a different perspective on life and how they approach things that they, you know, they're almost naturally suspicious and distrustful of each other on the basis because they don't understand how the other person can be that way, right? So the naturally successful person thinks that the naturally struggling person just needs to, to buckle down and work harder or have more desire or whatever or think more positive thoughts, you know, depending on what their personal, you know, philosophy is. And the naturally struggling people unfortunately often then buy into this and torture themselves trying to force themselves to do things and to just, well, I ought to be able to do it and then feel like they're defective and broken uh, when, when things don't go as well. And the big difference here is, is that essentially, um, well, here, let me, let me ask uh, Josh another, another question here so that I can see if I can get it, can poke him into, into uh, uh, demonstrating one of the other characteristics for us. Hope you don't mind me using you as a guinea pig here. Oh, but, uh, um, always happy, though. Okay. okay, so, um, and that echo just came back again. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, when you have, so let's say, Josh, that, that this project that you're currently working on, you're you're are you la you're launching a new um, product? Is that right? Yeah, that, that's correct. It's it's a course called Business Mental Models, which mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it, the the short way to explain it is it helps you. Helps you think the way that uh, successful business people like Warren Buffett think, in terms okay. of really able to being able to understand a new business situation. Okay, and are there any challenges that you're currently facing in uh, in getting that project underway? Or yeah, I, I, it's it's a massive project, and and so um, and and I am I am still uh, currently employed in a day job, so so managing the time and energy and. And really putting a plan together to get this done has, has been challenging. Okay, so what would happen if there just wasn't enough time for you to finish this? Um, if finish within a deadline or finish it, period? I don't know. Just well, <laughs> um, well, let me ask a different question. Okay, so suppose that you committed to a particular, publicly committed to a particular launch date, and then you couldn't make it because there just wasn't enough time with your because of your day job and everything else. Okay. Um, well, I would do one of two things. I would either change the deadline because it was unrealistic, or I would scale back my, um, my daily work responsibilities to get it done on time. Okay. So 
the thing that I want to point out about this, he didn't illustrate it quite as well as I was hoping for. Okay. <laughs> but you notice that uh, there's there's a couple of there's a couple of important things here. First of all, um, a naturally struggling person would have been far more likely to to answer something along the lines of, you know, uh, you know, then I'd be a failure, or this would be, you know I'd be ruined, or you know, gosh, you know that would be awful, or something of that nature. Second. Um, notice that what Josh said actually rewrote the scenario so that he still wins, right? He basically, I, I, I said, there's not enough time for you to, you know, you're going, going to basically, you're going to blow your deadline. And he said, okay, well, that, in effect, he said, okay, that's no problem. I'll change the deadline or I'll, you know, <laughs> find some way to do it in the deadline. So it's sort of like, I, I, in effect, I said, you lose. And he said, Okay, so I guess I win. <laughs> if you if you if you see what I'm what I'm saying there, right. right? In other words, Josh, you 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 sort of rejected the premise and responded actually in both cases with a slight degree of confusion to my question. Sure, because you notice that. Yeah, you're like, like confused because, but I'm going to succeed. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's like I, basically the way you framed the question was you fail and. There are so many ways not to fail that I just I do one of those because <laughs> I'm right. not failing very much. Right, and there was that little little bit of a tone in your voice of like, "What are you talking about? Right. Why are you asking me this? <laughs> why why are you even why are you even thinking about failing? I don't understand." Yeah. <laughs> and this is one of the this is one of the prime characteristics of naturally successful people is that they so deeply expect to succeed at everything that they almost literally can't conceive of failure except as to what contingency plan they would need to use to still succeed. Right. <laughs> right. Every fa failure is just like, but, but, but success. <laughs> it's like, they can't even, you know, you can't even stay on that. A naturally successful person um, can so barely stay on the subject of success that they're just like confused or irritated if you try and talk about it too much. <laughs> it, it, it's like the, it's like failure doesn't exist. It's more of a, well, you just got some feedback that tells you you need to change something is the best way I can explain it. Right, right. Whereas a naturally struggling person, even when they're trying really hard to succeed, fundamentally doesn't expect to succeed. They're merely hoping to succeed and afraid of failing and doing anything they can to avoid failing. So it's a completely different mindset and it makes a huge difference because, well, to give an example from, from my background, because I've spent most of my life as a naturally struggling person, um, I have had, uh, you know, I've read so many self-help books that talked about how you need to want it bad enough and you need to commit and all these other things. And I would do all of those things because, well, you know, truth be told, they are part of the mindset of a naturally successful person. The problem is is that aping the mindset of a naturally successful person, if you are not currently a naturally successful person, all that will do is give you more work and stress you more. So I was sitting there going like, okay, I need to desire money, desire lots of money, and I'd be trying to, trying to you know, I need to commit and write down these goals. And I was doing all of that in order to overcome my own resistance, my own struggling 
with actually getting anything done. I was hoping to succeed, but really expecting to fail, and I was doing all of these things in effect to ward off the failure, not to actually go after what I wanted. And so this brings me to uh, another question that I want to ask uh, uh, Josh in order to sort of, once again, illustrate the, the difference in, in thinking, um, which is, so Josh, you set goals, you write down your goals and all that sort of thing, right? Yep. And how long have you been doing that? Um, for years now. I, I don't remember when I started. Really? So like you were doing it when you were a kid? I think it, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was, I would, I mean, back, back when I was in, in, in school, you know, and, and, and high school, life was a little bit more structured, so I didn't have goals per se, but I always had a very clear idea of, of what I wanted. So, you know, if, if I was participating in a sport, I, I, I knew what I wanted to get out of it. You know, if I was participating in a club or a competition, I knew what I wanted to do. And then that just kind of, that translated pretty easily into college. So when I, when I was taking a class, I wanted to get a good grade. Um, I wanted to get a, get a specific job. So, you know, that's when I think when the goals became a little less, uh, a little less clear or a little more ambiguous, I think that's when the writing down started. I see. Okay. So, and you did this, um, because you read in a book that it was a good thing to do? Um, no, I, it was it was just a way of kind of getting it out of my head into a place where I could see it. And that kind of helped remind me of, of what it is I really wanted to do. Right. Now, so the point that I'm illustrating here, of course, is, is that a naturally successful person writes down goals and does these types of things that you find in self-help books and time management books and whatnot, not because they read it in a book, you know, or that because they're trying to copy what someone else who's successful does. Naturally successful people do these things because they think they'll help, right? It's something that comes naturally to them because they are focused forward on goals anyway, as Josh has just illustrated, it, that even in uh, even in high school, uh, that he was always knowing what he wanted, which is another characteristic of naturally successful people. Namely, they know what they actually want as opposed to what they're trying to avoid, and they focus on it. Sure. So the big difference here between what you know when someone like me who goes and reads a book about setting goals and tries to do that because I read it in a book that said, well, that's what successful people do. Um, that, that you can see how that sort of entirely misses the point. The important part isn't the writing it down, it's the kind of thinking that makes you want to write it down in the first place, Sure, if that makes sense. And so this is something that, that is sort of my pet peeve about uh, virtually all of the self-help movement these days is, is that everything is based on telling you how to do the things that naturally successful people do, but not for the same reason that naturally successful people do it. Josh here writes down goals because that seems helpful to him. It comes out of a thought process that's different. And 
the vast majority of self-help and success literature that's out there these days doesn't say a thing about how to think like Josh. Instead, they teach you what to think like Josh. In other words, not how to think in a way that will make you naturally want to write, go write down your goals, but instead they just tell you to write down the goals. It's like saying that if you type the same things that Shakespeare wrote, uh, you know, or you write the same things that Shakespeare wrote, then that will make you a literary genius. But you have to actually have the thought process that creates something new and personal to you in order to really be a <laughs> literary genius, if that makes hey. sense. All right. So um, has this come up as a factor in your coaching Josh, as far as the as as far as uh, people trying to do, uh, trying to basically copy uh, the w other people's actions, for example. Well, for example, I mean, not even in the in the sense of of personally, but like in business. Sure. You know, people trying to copy business models without understanding them. Oh yeah, that you know that happens all the time, and I think you know one one of the things. And and speaking of um, of pet peeves, I, I have a lot of people. Who, who speak about marketing or branding in, in quasi-mystical terms as, as it's, you know, some type of magic voodoo that, it, you know, will guarantee business success. And it's really, you know, there, there's, there's this idea that if you do what Jack Welch does, you'll, you'll be a successful business person. If you do what Warren Buffett does, you'll be a successful business person. If you do, you know, all of these, um, you know, the, the, the giants of, of – if you do what the giants of business do, then you'll be a success, which, you know, there, there are certain practices, there are certain concepts, there are certain techniques that if you learn them in such a way that you're able to apply them, yes, they are very helpful. But success in business is not being the next Jack Welch. It's understanding what a business is, what a business does – and then ultimately offering something of value to other people. And so, you know, what, what I really try to focus on instead of, you know, here's, here's, how to, um, here's how to lead people as well as Jack Welch, it's let's understand what's important about a business. Let's understand how, uh, how all businesses operate and how people operate, and then let's apply that understanding to what it is you're trying to do, provided you know what it is you're trying to do, in order to make your business a reality or make your existing business more successful. So again, it, it, it's predicated on, on the fact that you know what you want to do or you know what the direction you want to go in is, but then once you're there, there are, there are certain techniques or there are certain practices or there are certain ways of thinking about what you're trying to do that will help you reach that successful end goal better or faster. Right. So it's sort of like you could almost say that there's there's a, you know that that saying about that if you give a man a fish you feed him for a day and if you teach him to fish you feed him for a lifetime. But you could sort of say that there's there's uh, getting fish, there's knowing learning how to fish, and then there's being a fisherman. Right. <laughs> right. And that the difference between them is that you know in the in at least in the self help and success industry. Or, and even actually, for that matter, in business books, everybody is trying to say, hey, look at the fish that this guy caught. 
maybe you should use a fishing pole because I noticed that he uses a fishing pole and he seems to get a lot of fish that way. Yep. And that's sort of the level of the advice uh, that you get if you are just looking from the perspective of like, well, successful people write down goals, so you should write down goals too. You know, that's that's like the, the oh, well, gosh, you know, if you use a, a fishing pole or if you do total quality management or if you write down goals or whatever, that that's going to make you successful because, you know, that other dude seems to be successful and he's doing that. Right. Right. Exactly so, it. Yeah. So I, I take it that th when you're using those examples of, of uh, Buffett and uh, Welch and so forth, that you're talking about some of the stuff from your from your business models, uh, business, uh, sorry, business mental models <laughs> yeah. program. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think the, the example of Warren Buffett is a really good one because, you know, there, he effectively trained himself to think about business in a very specific way. And it, not, not in terms of you know, necessarily copying what successful business people do, but understanding on a very deep level what successful businesses are. So if you want to start a business or if you want to improve an existing one, you know the places in the business to look at in terms of how to improve it or how to make it grow, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you've been uh, doing. Well, for, first of all, let's talk a little bit about um, your decision to actually go and do this and some of the, because I'd like to explore here, I guess, some of the contrasts in, even in a naturally successful person's thinking, because, you know, even though I use these terms naturally successful and naturally struggling as though they're a description of the whole person, the truth is, is that all of us have areas in our lives where we're naturally struggling and areas where we're naturally successful, even if, you know, on the whole, you could say that one or the other tends to dominate a person's life, but, you know, within there, there can still be pockets of 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 struggling within success or success within struggling. So let's talk a little bit about um, some of the challenges that you faced when you were deciding to really make this a business uh, venture and some of the the uh, blocks that you tackled back then. Sure. You know, I, I think when when we uh, originally met PJ, I was actually in um, a job, and and from from an outside perspective. It, it was a very, very nice job. I was, you know, working at a, a, a Fortune 50 company on the fast track to management. Um, I had a job that people get MBAs from Harvard to to obtain. You know, everything from an external standpoint was going really well. Um, from an internal standpoint, I, I was miserable. Um, the the job. To, was was really in, in terms of what I'm good at and what I what I enjoy probably the the exact polar opposite um, of of how I like to work and what I'm good at and what I like to do and and what what my particular individual strengths are. So when when I started working with you, PJ, you know, I was I was really in in a circumstance where. I knew I wanted to focus more on, on my business, on, on building the personal MBA and building business mental models, but I still had this, this very um, limiting belief or, uh, that, that what a, of what a successful career was or what I was personally capable of. And I was really stuck in that for, for a long, long time. And so, you know, and, and speaking of um, 
you know, uh, being a, a naturally struggling person, I think a lot of that has to do with context because many of the people around me were doing very, very well. And so in, in many areas of my life, you know, in, in terms of, you know, developing my skills and interests and all that, I, I was operating in a naturally successful uh, frame of mind. But specifically when I was at work, given that environment of people who, who, were, who were doing very well, I, I would say that in that environment, I was naturally struggling. And it, it took me, um, you know, working, working with you, PJ, to really break out of that, that frame of mind in terms of, of what that environment meant to me and what, how I ultimately wanted to be spending time and attention. So what I ultimately did um, as, as a, a direct result of, of uh, taking one of your earlier workshops was I, I made the change to, to move to a new job, to a new city, still with the same company, but my intent in doing that was to spend more time and energy doing my own thing than, than I was before. And so it was really you know, working on that limiting belief in myself of what I was capable of as a business person, what was important to me, and, and what I wanted to do with my, my, my life and my career that really allowed me to make that transition. And, you know, it, it's been now that I'm – now that I'm – I've changed that structure. I've changed that position. It, it's been – you know, the, the naturally successful part of me has, has taken over, and it's been – uh, a very, you know, very rapid growth, and it's been, it, frankly, it, it's been a lot of work, but it's been very enjoyable, so it, it almost doesn't seem like work, and, um, you know, I, I think that's really leading to, to where, how, how much the personal MBA has, has grown today. Fantastic. One of the things I want to uh, kind of mention in there, the um, the core, the workshop that you're talking about, that was part of my Seven Days to Live Your Dreams workshop series, one of the first set of workshops that I did. Out of that um, that series, I mean, I imagine you got a number of, of, of different things, but um, that one decision that you made, I remember you telling me the story about um, how you and your wife were listening to the recording of that. Could you, why don't you share that uh, with us so that so that everybody else can hear that? Sure. I, actually, we were, um, my at the time, we were living in, in southern Ohio, and my, my parents lived in the, in the northern Ohio. So we were actually, my wife Kelsey and I were listening to the seminar live on my cell phone um, on, on the way up to visit my parents. And I, I remember the session vividly because you were talking about a principle that I think is, is extraordinarily important in, in that indecision is suffering. And for so long, and literally for almost a year, I had thought about, you know, or it, come to the conclusion that, you know, moving to a, new, to a new job is what I really needed to do. But there were a lot of detriments to that. And so I was, you know, weighing, <laughs> weighing the pros and cons and going back and forth. And is, is this something that I want to do or not? And it, it, I basically just driving myself and, and driving Kelsey crazy because – it was so hard to make a decision. And I remember when, when you said that the indecision is suffering or, or that the principle and why that is so incredibly important. Um, and Kelsey was listening too. After the, after the session was over, Kelsey and I, we had about an hour to go until we got to our parents. So we really had a talk. And, and, and by the time that we, uh, 
pulled into to my parents' driveway, we had made the decision that I was going to find a new job um, and we were going to move. And that was that. And, you know, the, the very next Monday, um, I walked into my manager's office and my manager's manager's office and said, I am leaving this job. I'm finding something new. And you know, just by, by virtue of just that, that simple, some, a switch went off in my head that, that made such incredible sense that I was able to really break free of this, um, you know, uh, oscillating back and forth. Oh my gosh, I can't make a decision. Um, mindset that I was in. And then it's amazing that once I made that decision, people started, you know, people were, were supportive and, you know, I got a lot of, of, of help and assistance and it, it, it really ended up being an incredibly positive thing. But in that sense, I was stuck. And, and by virtue of going through the, the seven days to, to live your dreams, when, when you said that PJ, it really got me out of that cycle into a cycle that, that actually was was bringing me towards what I wanted instead of uh, away from what I didn't want, which which is where I had been. Yep, yeah. And then after that, um, then there was that. I, I remember the email because at that point, after I'd finished um, doing the Seven Days to Live Your Dreams workshop series, and I had it was about to launch the Owner's Circle Self Improvement Group. And I'd emailed you about uh, about being involved in that, and I remember uh, that you sent me an email at that time that said basically you were talking about how little money you would have available with the move and so forth. Although you were very excited about the move, yep. and I remember you saying that you had a self improvement budget of five hundred dollars a year, and that you wanted to get for you know or for the next at least for the next year anyway yeah. and that you wanted to know whatever you could you know what you could get for that and you know whatever it is that you wanted you wanted to to, to get all of whatever you could get uh for that yep. <laughs> um and uh the the reason why I bring this up is not to not to toot my own he horn here about uh any of the stuff but I th the the part that I want to point out is that he had a self improvement budget right <laughs> <laughs> that you know that that was that that was part of your budget when you were moving and strapped for cash and you know having to make ends meet you know and getting married and everything else uh that was taking place because you weren't married at that point right uh we had yeah. we had been married for a month oh okay okay right so yeah so definitely with with uh all, all of that going on right I, I I was impressed by the fact that you had a self that you knew what that you not only had a self improvement budget but you knew what it was for the coming year. <laughs> right, and you know it's it's so incredibly funny because I I, I remember sending sending that email to you, and it, uh, a, a couple things. One is you know we uh, I live in New York City now, and <laughs> the cost of living between New York New York and and we were living in Cincinnati was literally four times what it was in Cincinnati. So I was like, holy cow, I want to keep doing this stuff. And so, you know, really, but, you know, it's, I wanted to continue working with you really, really badly. And so we made it happen. And the, the wonderful thing now is, you know, my, by virtue of building this business for myself and, and focusing on it as a priority, 
it's funny that you, that you you know mentioned the the five hundred dollars now because it's my budget is is literally multiples of times larger than that. Um, <laughs> I I've, I probably already spent twenty uh, x that this year, which wow is yeah. I mean it, you you just you get to the point where you know there there and are and that's a byproduct of the fact that you've been making more more money because of what you invested in yeah that's in that, that first year that's exactly it i mean you get to right. the point where you so 500 was your two, 500 dollars was your 2007 budget right 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 okay yeah and i and i know because you upgraded your membership uh late last year that you had already started improving the income <laughs> yeah since <laughs> you upgraded to another level of of, of membership in, in in my group that you were already starting to have some financial changes there yeah so but the the point i want to illustrate though uh for our listeners is that one of the things that naturally successful people do is is that they're generally far more interested in investing in improving their abilities and skill and and uh and the funny thing about that is 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 that although I've spent a lot of my life reading self-improvement books and so forth it actually wasn't until I started making some pretty serious changes in my own life towards the direction of becoming more naturally successful that I started taking the plunge and spending larger amounts of money on coaching and seminars and you know workshops and and, and things like that and that there really is something about that well it it actually has to do with with taking risk naturally successful people tend to risk more because they're operating out of the gain brain they're not in the threat lockdown of the pain brain where they're afraid to invest anything or risk anything in order to accomplish something now um i've been accused of course of 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 uh making this point as a as a sales technique but the truth of the matter is, is is that the thing that actually set me on probably the the one of the biggest things that set me in the direction of becoming more naturally successful myself was realizing that the reason I wasn't investing in more help is that fundamentally I believed that it wasn't going to help me or rather I believed in a, in essence that I was beyond help or that failure was inevitable no matter what I did so I was really making a decision more in the nature of, um, well, I shouldn't spend the money because, you know, I'm still going to suck anyway. So it would be a waste of money to invest that much in myself. I had to actually change my attitude towards thinking in terms of, okay, well, if it's actually if something is going to help me succeed, then I need to go ahead and put the money on it and putting the money on it was a way in effect of saying well I am actually worth this much you know I'm actually worth risking this amount of money on the, on the bet that I will be able to improve myself and that was an alien form of thinking to me at the time that was not something that that came naturally to me but I'm guessing Josh <laughs> once again that um that that's something that you've probably been doing for a long time am I right yeah that's that's right I mean, it, it's it, the the whole um, thought that I, th I think we brought up earlier is, you know, if I can get one useful thing, you, you know, one really useful technique or one really useful thought or one really useful practice out of something, then it's totally worth doing, because you you can you can take that insight and you know if you're able to apply it to yourself or apply it to your business, it it, it can affect. It, 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 it can affect what you're doing in, in multiples of ways 
that makes the the initial investment, you know, insignificant. Um, you know, it would take the personal MBA for example. I mean, they're business books. It's it's, it's nothing. It's nothing earth shattering. But you know, in in a seventeen dollar book, you can find an idea that can literally triple or quadruple the the amount of profit that you're making in your business. It's it, it's it's the closest thing to a no-brainer that, that I've come across. And, you know, it, it's when, when you really take a look at, at some of these, you know, the, the books or the courses or the coaching or, or whatever, um, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in, in one sense, you know, you may look at, okay, you know, this, this course costs $1,000 or, or $2,000. And does that seem like a lot of money? Sure. But if you're able to, you know, take that investment and build a hundred thousand dollar business out of it, or a million dollar business out of it, then who, then who cares? It's 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 rounding error. You know, it's it's one of those things that, as as long as you know yeah. or or feel that, and and this is you know getting back to the to the naturally successful or the or um, naturally struggling mindset. If you know that you're gonna find something useful that you can apply, then investing in yourself becomes a no-brainer. If you if you think you're going to fail regardless of what you do, then you never take that step because it's well, you know, it's not going to work. I might as well, you know, save the money. And so right. it's, but but that that belief, that limiting belief of oh, I'm going to fail is so incredibly destructive because chances are if, if you do learn, if you do apply, you will succeed. That's just, it, it's, it's such an incredibly destructive thing, which is, is why I'm, I'm glad you're offering what you're offering because it's so incredibly important and, and frankly no one else is out there doing what you're doing in the, in the way that you're doing it. So I'm very glad that you're, you're doing this because it's incredibly important work. All right. Well, I always enjoy uh, talking with you on on these types of uh, of calls, Josh. Not so much because you you praise me so well, although that although that certainly although that's certainly a bonus. Um, <laughs> is that it's like getting to have our own you know self help <laughs> example, right? To like so that I can that I can point to her and say, see, they really do think that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just stuff that they put in their books or their sales letters to convince people to buy stuff. They really do think that way that if you just well if you just get one thing out of it, you could make a fortune and it's and and and, and you just and it's and it's really wonderful to have you saying these things because you know you can hear you, you can t- anybody listening can tell you know that this is sincerely what you think and everything this isn't part of an act and you're not selling anything here so no. you know okay. it's like right it, well, other than that, other than that, you keep kind of trying to sell mine, but you know, <laughs> oh well, <laughs> I, I, I may, ha- I may have to stop you eventually, but um, right. no, um, <laughs> no. But what I want to point out to folks is, is that you know, if you if you see this and you realize that, gosh, you know, these people that write these self help books and so forth, they really do think this way, and you start to think about it from the perspective of, well, what is it that's keeping me? from thinking that way why am i thinking differently than that you know why am i going uh that's a sales pitch or uh you know yeah yeah whatever that works for you but you know that'll never work for me you know and thinking about that starting to realize some of that contrast for myself um in in my case the 
um, you know, when I went to try and make the decision to spend thousands of dollars a month on uh, on uh, on business coaching myself um, from Matt Fury's group, I spent a, a good period of time where I was going like, oh, you know, these 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 folks are just trying to sell me stuff, and they're this and they're that and all this kind of thing. And I had to go through some real soul searching to kind of realize, wait a minute. You know, these people are do, are people who are doing what I want to do and making a ton of money at it and and living the lifestyle that I want. Maybe I should actually pay attention. Sure. <laughs> maybe I should. Maybe I should actually. Maybe there's some. Maybe it's there's something wrong with me that I'm thinking <laughs> in a way that's not the same way that they're thinking. Maybe that's the. Maybe that's a problem with me. And that is where I probably first started to like really begin to. You know, at that point I hadn't really formulated this concept of naturally successful people and the differences and all of that but I sure kept bumping into the differences between the way I used to think and the way Matt Fury thinks heck I still you know that that dude is so far on the on off off the scale um that you know he's always blowing my mind with stuff that I haven't managed to to expand my thinking to yet um but you know, this is one. This is one of the key things: is is that from within our own perspectives, whether we're naturally successful or naturally struggling, we have a limited opportunity for growth. So long as we're only seeing things through the one perspective that we have, and not really appreciating as real the perspectives that other people have, and so that, for example, you, Josh, and getting to see through the owner circle how naturally struggle the you know some of these things about naturally struggling people and naturally successful people and then we're able to take that back into your coaching practice mm-hmm. and just in the same way that my having encounters with people who are more naturally successful than me helped me you know realize that oh okay so obviously if you know someone who's doing better in business or at life than I am says something and it doesn't really agree with me or that I have difficulty believing what they're saying. Now, to me, that's a warning sign that there's something I need to learn rather than something that I need to dismiss or write off or go, ah, whatever, you know, (laughs) (laughs) too. So it's been a, it's been a, uh, a big, big uh, difference uh, for me. And I hope now that the work that we're doing will help a lot of other people understand, you know, what this naturally struggling nature is and how that differs from what you can experience if you are in the naturally successful mindset. So, Josh, one of the other things I wanted to talk with you about is planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, recently, you know, in the in the circle, I've been teaching uh, some of the techniques that are going to be in the book Thinking Things Done. And so you've been trying one of those out now for a little while, haven't you? Yeah, I've been, I've been trying to – I'm trying to remember what you call it, but the, it's the uh, index card planning technique or, or basically visualizing yourself uh, going through a, a planning process to, to create an end result. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's two parts, I guess. There's the pre-membering the future, and then there's the RSVP technique. Correct. Right. And I've been doing both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and how has that how has that been working out for you? Is it as an improvement on even your naturally successful approach to planning? <laughs> it it is. It's, it's it's been really great actually. I, I think you know with with a a project that's as large as business mental models is, and it's it's going to be huge. Um, it's very easy to get 
bogged down in the details or, you know, become overwhelmed at the prospect of, of everything that you have to do. And so, you know, pre-membering is, is wonderful because it, it lets you take a step back and say, okay, you know, let's, let's assume I have this done. What does this look like? How did I accomplish it? And it, it kind of helps you visualize what the entire process looks like. And then the, um, the RSVP method, um, I've actually been using quite a bit to actually create the plans that I'm, I'm using to, to manage myself and manage my time. Um, because as I said, I, I still hold a day job. So, so the time and energy management is, is huge for me. So I think it's, it's really helpful because instead of, you know, you're, you're, you're just putting this, um, you know, flat, lifeless information down on paper because you have to, it really guides you through the whole process of how do you visualize where you are now and where you want to be and then connect and, and really visualize yourself going through this process and in the end knowing exactly what you need to do but also thinking, you know, in, in your own head, I can totally do this. This is not a problem. I know exactly what I need to do. I know how I'm going to do it. I know that I can do it. So let's just get started. And so, you know, it's, um, I've done this for, for a couple of, you know, I, as I mentioned, for business mental models, but also for some personal goals in terms of, you know, finances and, and, and all of that. And it's been tremendously helpful because, you know, you, you know, you can do it and you've got a plan down on paper that tells you exactly how you're going to do it. And then you just go do it. <laughs> it's, it's really, it, 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 it's tremendous because it's one of those things that it just, once you do it, it feels so easy that you make so much progress in such a short period of time that it, it frankly, it's, it, it's astounding. Terrific. Well, you know, the reason why I brought this up, or the connection here to naturally successful thinking, is that I actually developed those techniques as a way of encoding what it is that naturally successful people do. You spoke earlier about how, you know, like even in high school, being in a team, sports team or club or whatever, that you always knew what you wanted. And that's what that, that's basically what the RSVP technique is, is basically a more specifically mapped out way to know precisely what you want. And the other thing that you mentioned of sort of just like that you're that you're assuming success. You know, that's another piece that I've sort of pointed out er earlier where your naturally successful thinking mind tends to work in terms of assuming success anyway. Sure. Um, but these techniques just further amplify those processes. Um, because one of the frustrations that I had as a naturally struggling person, when I would read books on getting things done or accomplishing projects and whatnot, they nearly always would have, you know, even the best ones, they still come to a point where they basically say, okay, now break down what you need to do into lots of, into lots of little pieces. Right. And I would kind of go like, okay, but how? <laughs> How do you do that, right? How do you break it down into a plan with lots of little pieces and so forth? And so, you know, the RSVP method was something that I developed in order to make that process 
to break it down into more steps than just okay, break it down into pieces. Yeah. But what if you have no idea where to start? It's like, okay, <laughs> you know, go. and what order? You know, yeah, it's like okay, break it down. How small should the pieces be? <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like the old uh, joke that uh, Steve Martin gives a talk. A comedian Steve Martin gives a talk about how to make a million dollars tax free, and he begins by saying, "Step one: first, you need to make a million dollars." <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. And it's like, okay, so we need to make a plan. Step one, make a plan. Yeah. <laughs> so it, that's yeah. That that was something that was very that's very frustrating to me. And so I I, I essentially studied what um you know what people like yourself actually do um in terms of you know and. and I don't know if you remember this, but in one of our workshops a long, long time back, I asked you a bunch of questions about sort of how you see things, and I actually, I actually stole some of your brain and put it into these <laughs> methods, <laughs> and then gave it back to you <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm to feeling, upgrade your I, program. I'm feeling pretty immortal now. That's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I certainly, I certainly used a, a variety of other things too, as well as sort of some ideas. Actually, one of the things that I did also is, is that I sort of took the opposite of a piece of my brain, as <laughs> 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 sort of like the, you know, the anti-Josh and the Josh <laughs> combination, um, or I guess the anti-anti-Josh. But anyway, no, I, I, I when I noticed some of the problems that I had with planning and broke it down to, well, what was I doing wrong, right? Where was I getting too bogged down into details? And where was I just being too vague? And, you know, looking at the pattern of how I did that and how, you know, it, that basically there's a pattern that naturally struggling people have whereby, you know, when we start to go into the details of something, we can end up like writing these very detailed plans about some aspect of the thing that's not very important and get all caught up in doing something. And then meanwhile, you know, 90% of the value of the product is going or project is going by the wayside because we got all wrapped up in this. I got a, uh, actually I got um, in the survey that I'm doing for, uh, for thinking things done where I'm asking people about their challenges and questions. I've had a number of people who've said stories along the lines of how they will, um, you know, go to do this project, but then this other, this particular um, programming tool isn't good enough, so they go and write their own, but then the thing that they're using for that isn't good enough, so, you know, and, and before too long, they've, like, made this really elaborate project that doesn't actually get them what they wanted in the first place. You know, and people write about... You know, how can I stop spending so much time reading self-help books and start actually doing things? Or how can I, I as one person said, I spend so much, more, I spend more time trying to organize my to-do list and my system, my, you know, my planning and organizational system than I spend actually doing anything. And so, you know, that, that was, a lot of that was kind of the inspiration for, um, you know, or certainly my own instances of that were the inspiration for trying to find, you know, another way of looking at things, a way that people that are more successful than me <laughs> are doing things and uh, and apply that instead of continuing just with what's familiar. So um, as far as uh, as far as planning goes, by the way, um, you mentioned something to me offline before about 
um, business plans and so forth and that you have uh, something for any folks who are interested in any of the entrepreneurial side of what you do as far as on the per with the personal MBA and um, you know your business mental models and whatnot and you've mentioned something that a resource that you'd like to to give to our listeners right you know one one of the things I do through the personal MBA is is I have a, a um, free members only group called the personal MBA insider that I, I supply some uh, members only content and, and materials to and one of the things that that uh, will be up on the personal MBA insiders only website is a video course um, called everything you know about business plans is wrong I know I in, in speaking with a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs or prospective entrepreneurs or, or um, small business owners there are a lot of misconceptions around what an effective business plan is, what it does, how you create one, what a business model is, what it isn't. And so uh, what I'm doing is I put together a, a, a video course that really explains if you want to create a business and you're, you're creating a plan to make that happen, what really needs to be in there and what you don't need to worry about and how to actually go about visualizing for yourself what, what that successful end result is, what, what the business will look like. So, again, the course is everything you know about business plans is wrong. And so uh, if, if you're interested, highly recommend checking it out. There's a, it, this is something that I teach to all of my, my coaching clients, and um, my clients have, have used it to start brand-new businesses and, and, and find it a very useful tool. So highly recommend checking it out if you're interested. Okay, so that sounds great. Um, so that's everything you know about business plans is wrong. Um, I've actually set up a link here at thinkingthingsdone.com forward slash PMBA that will take people over to that so that they can uh, sign up for your personal MBA insider and get access to that and all of the other great stuff that you've got available in that uh, members only setup. So that way they can can uh, can look at all of that information. So if you're interested at all in the business side of things, if you're if you're starting your own business or you want to get ahead in the business that you're in, um, I would definitely recommend that you check Josh's stuff out. He is sort of uh, on the business, doing on the business side what I'm doing on the personal productivity and personal development side of things, and it's it's definitely worth checking out. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate it. Okay, so that that about wraps it up. Before we go, I just want to remind everyone to, you know, if you're a naturally struggling person, don't try to force yourself to do the things that a naturally successful person does. Instead, study your thinking. Observe how you are thinking and how it's different from the way a naturally successful person thinks. Because once you begin to understand those differences, then you'll be able to make a change where it actually counts instead of just trying to cover up the way that you think now by forcing yourself into the patterns of somebody that's that's doing something that fundamentally your brain doesn't understand yet. And of course, look out for my book, Thinking Things Done, which will actually teach you how to think in the same way or to use the same thinking process as, as a naturally successful person so that your brain produces the same results instead of you just trying to force the same outer behaviors and results onto yourself. So 
Um, I just want to say thank you very much, Josh, for being such a good sport and letting me pick your brain and, and uh, you know, uh, dissect your thinking processes in front of hundreds or maybe thousands of people. And uh, <laughs> and I, I, I wish you uh, all, the, all the best in your endeavors and once again encourage uh, anyone who's interested in the business mental models or the personal MBA um, to check out your, uh, your videos and, and courses by going to thinkingthingsdone.com forward slash slash PMBA. So um, thank you very much, Josh. No problem, PJ. It's been fun. And uh, to anybody out there is, is who's considering working with, with PJ, um, I, 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 PJ has my absolutely highest recommendation. You, you won't find anybody more helpful out there. So uh, definitely recommend checking out PJ's work. Thank you. Absolutely. Talk to you soon, PJ. Bye-bye.